get the honor to introduce uh, the speaker of the house this morning. Hallelujah. We are so honored to do this. You know, Stephen, he's the baby boy. Andre, she's the baby girl and the only girl. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But anyway, Stephen, he, he's uh, there at the Armadillo Life under that uh, pastorship there. He's one of the pastors there in Children's Church there. And so, and, and, uh, and the youth pastor there as well. And so, a uh, long time ago, uh, not too long ago exactly, Stephen and Pastor Cricket, they uh, received an, uh, what you call a prophecy to go to Florida. And so, uh, they didn't want to go. But, uh, you know, Mama Thelma, she began to stir the nest, and those prongs in the nest began to prone them. <laughs> and so... Stephen had to go, you know, but it was a new adventure for them. But I'm telling you today that everything that they got, they got it from victory here. They are homegrown. Pastor Cricket and Pastor Stephen, they are homegrown. And it's good for the sons to come back home. Amen. Hallelujah. It's so good for our son, our spiritual son, and our physical son to come back home and to bless us. Amen. Because they are fruit and inheritance of this church. So won't you just give them a good hand, amen? Yeah. Come on up. Come on up. And uh, I, I want to say something something kind of comical. And uh, Miss Nanette was, was there, you know, back at Victory Christian School back then, we had uh, cubicles, and they had to do their work in their own little offices. And so one day, I'll tell you, Stephen and his friend, Courtney Tate, they got an award. They got a blue ribbon. And the reason they got that blue ribbon was pigsty one and pigsty two. So, you know, Courtney told his mother, Barbara, he told us, I got an award. She said, yeah, oh, yeah. I said, did he tell you what kind of award it was? It was for pigsty. So that was not very good. That was not a very good award. So anyway, so that's some of the things. Hallelujah. All right. Praise God. Hey, man, I'm so excited to be here. I get to minister a lot in Florida, but to be back here, be home, is something a little special to me. I believe that because it was just right here, God did call me to, to go to Florida. It was back there in kids' ministry that I, I know that God planted a seed in my heart to, to start children's ministry. And from there, man, all kinds of things have happened. And it's crazy because in, in the middle of doing things and, and you're asking God, why am I going through these things? And he can't tell you because even a lot of times you're just not able to handle what God has for you in your life. But then uh, 2020 hindsight, you get to see it and you're like, oh, well, that's why God was doing these things in my life. I, Dad said earlier, uh, me and Cricket, we didn't want to go to Florida because we was too busy here in Arkansas. But we didn't want to go because we like killing squirrels and, and going fishing. Uh, it's hard to pull us away from that. But I tell you, man, just here and watching victory from afar and watching you guys and watching this congregation and watching this leadership. You know, when I say leadership, a lot of words may pop into your mind about what leadership is. And I think all of us have different adjectives of what leadership is. And, and leaders lead in different ways. A lot of leaders like to come and they like to gather people around and say, hey, come join me and let's do this. And a lot of leaders, they like to uh, lead solely. But here, here's what leadership has always meant to me is that when, when they align themselves with God and they get a mission and a goal, that they don't stray from it. They continue that purpose and that goal. And no matter what happens, the situations and circumstances happen all around them. 
they stay focused because God has called them to lead in that time and hour. And I see leadership all around the world where people, they, they said they're going to do things. But then when situations happen, they kind of cower from it. They kind of change their vision and their mission. But here at Victory Church with Pastor Jerry and Pastor Lane and the leadership here, they've not strayed away from what God has told them a long time ago. And I believe that is creating this place here, this, the place for the Holy Spirit to move in a place in the sanctuary. And I'm telling you, I've seen a lot of churches. It's not happening. The Holy Spirit is not welcome in a lot of churches here in America. But I do know that the Holy Spirit is welcome right here in this place. Amen. I do believe that. I feel it. I know it. I know it. Praise God. And as far as mom and dad, I was thinking, I need to make a, uh, write a book about life with mama and daddy. I bet it would be a bestseller. When I was a kid, man, I really thought my parents did not have a clue on raising kids. Like, I'm like, what are they thinking? What are they doing? And now I've got kids of my own. My parents are geniuses. They are, man... I don't know. They got it right, boy, I tell you. But, man, it is such an honor to be here, to, to stand right here, uh, and just to kind of, can I brag on Victor a little bit? Can I brag on God a little bit and what he's done in my life? I, I'm at the house with mom and dad, and, and I, they got a, a place where I got all my trophies there uh, from Victory Christian School, and I've got basketball trophies and weightlifting trophies, and my kids, they don't believe me. They look at me like, Dad, no, uh-uh. So I'm, over, I'm having to take selfies with all my trophies and stuff so my kids can see me and all the things that I, I've done. And, man, I, I, I was at uh, play basketball there at Victory Christian School. And, you know, I wanted to be an NBA basketball player. That's what my dream in life was going to be. I was going to be a professional. I was going to be in the NBA. And God said, no, it ain't happening, okay? I was crushed. I was crushed. But you know what? I didn't know then. I thought I was going to be leading people in scores on the basketball court. But God wanted me to lead people to Christ on the basketball court. And I'll tell you, I know I don't play basketball, but we have a basketball and cheerleading league at our church. And just this past weekend, we, we've ended registration, and we're going to have over 500 people participate in our basketball and cheerleading league. That's exciting. This is really exciting. But the most exciting part about it is, before every practice, before every game, I sit them down and I begin to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? And it's good news because these people, they're unchurched people. They've never heard it. They just want their kids to come and play basketball and cheerlead. They don't know that I'm coming with the word of God. And that's so exciting. That's so exciting. Hey, I'll tell you something else that I'm so excited about that, I, you know, I graduated at Victory Christian School as valedictorian. I did. I thought that was a great honor. I did it before my mom became principal. It's okay. I did it. I did not have any help. I did. But you know what? Now in Florida where I am, uh, I've been on a Christian school board for the past several years, and now I get to influence the direction of these kids' spiritual well-being. Amen? It's a school of almost 400 students there. Man, I'm so excited that I'm on that board, and I see it. When I was at Victory, I wanted to go somewhere else. Daddy, let me go to Cam, let me go to Harmony Grove. But he didn't know. I didn't know back then, but God had a purpose, and he had a plan for me to be right there uh, at Victory Christian School. So, man, I just want to uh, uh, clap and applaud you guys, Victory Christian School and Victory Church, for launching me, for launching my ministry. Man, I'm so glad uh, to be here and to just honor you. So I was just praying and asking God, God, what, what do you want to say to Victory Church you know, I was laying in bed at night when, when I found out that I, they, I wanted me to come 
and speak. And God, what can I say to victory? What do I need to say? God, what do you want to tell your people here at Victory? A place that's so dear to my heart. And the scripture just dropped into my spirit. It was, uh, and, and they will overcome them by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And I was like, oh God, I like that. I can preach on that. That's good stuff. And then I begin to read the chapters, Revelations chapter 12, and it's, it's about the woman and the dragon, and they're fighting. I said, God, that's a battle. That's, that's, I, I'm not a Revelations guy, God. I don't know about the end times. And then all of a sudden, I, I was like caught up, and I'm at Victory Christian School. I'm in the gym, and I had flashbacks. Oh, Lord, we didn't practice. Lord, we're going we to get killed tonight. We didn't practice today. But then I begin to open up. I had in my hand, I had, I had a jersey, the basketball jersey. And I began to, to open up the jersey and put it on, and my eye was drawn to the, to the logo, the emblem on that jersey, and it was a conqueror. And God said, I want you to go back and tell victory that they are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. He said, I want you to go back and tell victory that, and remind them that they are victorious through Christ Jesus. He said, I want to let victory know, let them know, hey, I've seen your battles. I've seen your struggles, the things that you're going through. As a congregation, the devil has been trying to sow a cause of dissension and chaos and frustration. He's been trying, he's got a specific attack and assignment on this church. As a matter of fact, God told me, he says, when victory was established, way before there was this building here, he said, I, I said, this church is going to be called victory. And the minute he said victory, this church began to be a battleground. He said, this church is going to be a place where people go and take their victory back from the devil. He said, that's what he said. He said, you know, if people are coming to join victory to spiritually retire, this is not the place for them. That's what he said. He said, this is not a 55 and over spiritually retired place here. Victory is not for the faint of heart. You're not here to retire. If you're here to to spiritually play a couple of holes of golf, this is not the place for you. They do that in Florida. In Florida, I, these, these, these 55 plus communities, they build it all around Walmart right now. Like it's crazy because these, these people that are retired, they get on their golf courts and they just pull right up in the Walmart parking lot and these people come and bring groceries out to them. Done. Done. They're just, well, we just retiring. And God said, this is not the place if that's what you came here to do. When I began to, 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 God began to just download the victory and what he wanted to say to them, and I began to hear battle cries. I began to hear swords. I began to hear shields and people crying out to God and battle and war. And he said, you need to let them know that they are in a fight, but let them know that they are going to be victorious and that they are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. He said, individually, in your spiritual walk, with God, individually, he says, the devil is out on assignment. He's trying to kill you. He's trying to destroy your family. He wants your kids against each other, and he wants your children against you. He wants them, when they get old enough, to blame you for the reason why they are the way they are. He said, the devil is on assignment. He's trying to destroy you, your lives, your relationships. He wants your finances in in shambles. And he said all of this, he said, but you need to go back and you need to let them know that I'm here. I'm here to show them victory. I'm here to tell them that they are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Listen to this. Romans chapter 8, verse 35. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We're considered a sheep to be slaughtered. 
He says, no, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Tell them they're conquerors. Tell them that I have given them the victory. And I said, God, well, what is... What does more than conqueror look like? I always want God. What? Tell me what? What it means to be more than a conqueror? I know what a conqueror is. A conqueror is somebody that's that's confident, that's self-assured, they're arrogant, they're boastful, they they they're proven in battle. They've got the scars to show it. They're champions. And and, and I said, you know, God, when I think of a conqueror, I think of somebody like Goliath in the Bible. Goliath, he was over nine foot tall, and he had a reason to boast. He had reason to be arrogant. His armor, his shield, he was a champion of champions. He was a conqueror of people, of tribes, of nations. And here is Goliath, a conqueror, standing on a mountain, standing on a hill, hauling out threats, profanities to the children of Israel, saying, hey, come out and fight me. I'm a conqueror. Who do you have? And if you remember, the, the contrast to Goliath was David. See, Sam, see, see, Goliath, he, he was a conqueror, and you could look at him and you could tell. It was obvious why this guy was a conqueror. But then you look to David. David was a little shepherd boy. As a matter of fact, when, when, when Samuel came to anoint the king at the house of Jesse, Jesse paraded all of his boys in front of, in front of uh, uh, Samuel, and, and, and even his own father, his own family counted David out. His own family discredited David. He says, now this is the, I believe these are the boys that you want. They can rise to be the victor and the conqueror that Israel needs right now. But they said, hey, no, no I got one more. David, he, he's out. He's out in the field with the sheep. Well, I tell you, and, and when there's a war to be had with the children of Israel, all the soldiers, the lieutenants, the generals, they're all going out because there's a fight to be had. And David, he's standing, standing in the fields. He's left. He said, all the, all the women, folk, and children, they need to stay at the house. This is going to be a fight. This is going to be a battle. I know what that's like a little bit. I remember growing up, and my dad, he had this, uh, this uh, logging business, this hauling pulpwood. And I tell you, man, my brothers, but bigger than me, they all got to go out and work with my dad. And I'm asking dad, dad, let me go with you. Let me go. I'm ready. I'm a man. You know? I was probably 9 or 10 years old. I'm a man. Let me go out with your dad. Like, son, Stephen, it ain't time yet. You ain't ready. You ain't ready. Just wait. When you get a little bit older, you'll be able to come out there with us. And Tony and Chris, they all laughing and stuff. Like, Stephen, uh, I think Mama got some dusting at the house that she probably needs you uh, to stay at the house and do. While the real man, we go out and we do some work. You know, I think you, your Mama can help you on your form of your dusting form, okay? Once you go work, work on that. Man, I was mad. I want to come out there. I want to be a man. And finally, later on, my dad, he let me he let me go out in the woods with him, and I was so excited. Man, I'm going to be my man. I'm working out with the men. I'm going to work real hard, you know. I said, all right, Daddy, what, you, what kind of job you want me to do? I mean, I'll go out there. I'll do whatever. You want me to be the chainsaw man? I'm the chainsaw man right here all day. Dad, what you got? What you, you, want to, you want me to drive the truck? I can drive the truck. I'll drive the truck out the woods. Dad said, no, I got, I got something specific for you, son. I need you to be the measurer. I said, What? No, Dad, you want me to work the winch. You want me to pick up the logs and put them on the truck, Dad, don't you? That's what you want. Dad said, no, I, I need you to be the measure. I need you to measure the wood. Chris and Tony laughing, just falling out laughing all over the place. But that's all right because I was going to be the manliest measure that walked the face of the planet, all right? So I know a little bit of what that's like, and David is being discredited. He's counted out. 
Because victory was not imminent when you looked at him. You looked at this giant, this Goliath, who's screaming at you, at the children of Israel. Who's screaming at you right now in your life? What's on your heel and hollering at you and saying, hey, come face me. And you're just ashamed. You're intimidated. You're buffeted. You just walk by and you kind of hold your hand up because you're afraid to fight it. But I'm here to tell you this morning, God wants you to live in victory. He wants you to be more than a conqueror. And he needs to let you know and remind you. That's why you're here. You're here to link arms with this body of Christ because it's a battle. It's a battle for your life. And the reason why David was more than a conqueror, we know the story. Goliath came out and said, you dog, why are you coming out, coming at me with these sticks and these stones? But David knew. David knew that he looked weak to the enemy. He looked defeated and there was no way victory was imminent. But how many know that that's the perfect time and the place for the Holy Spirit, for God to show up in your life and victory to be uh, uh, exhibited in your life. Amen? And that's what more than a conqueror is. Being more than a conqueror is looking at someone and say, you know what? I don't know. I don't think they can win. And I'm telling you, you're here in this place right now, and that's what it's looking like. Some of you are facing some things. You're facing bad reports. You're facing bad reports from your children. You're facing all kinds of things, and people are looking at you, and you seem weak. It seems like uh, defeat is right at your door. But I'm here to tell you, God is getting ready to show up in the name of Jesus. Amen? Paul says it best. Listen to this. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. Paul was dealing with some things in his own personal life, things that made him look weak to people. And he asked Jesus to take these things away from him, and he was dealing with it. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When victory doesn't look like it's going to happen in your life, when you're trying to get victory over your finances, victory over your job and in your relationships at work, when it doesn't look like victory is there, I'm telling you, Paul says he starts, he gets excited. He starts rubbing his hands. He goes, step back, watch this. Watch the power of the Holy Spirit get ready to move in my life. I'm telling you, that's where you are right now. I believe God's power, God's spirit is going to come and shake up your situation right where you are. Amen. Praise God. I remember I was telling this story uh, earlier this morning. And uh, me and my brother, we were driving. Chris was driving. We were teenagers. And how many of you guys got teenagers that are driving? Boy, you stay in a state of prayer all the time, don't you? Boy, it's crazy. Anyway, me and my brother, we're driving. We're going to meet my dad somewhere. And we're driving. And uh, Chris, he, I don't know, he's just got something in him where he just wanted to act crazy and start driving crazy. I'm like, Chris, what are you doing? He's like, oh, man, I'm going to show you I can drive. So he was driving, and he would cut the wheel real hard, and we would slide on the road. You know, we called it goofing off while we were driving. I think they call it drifting right now. That's what they call it. So we were drifting, and he cut the wheel too hard, too sharp. And, man, when he cut the wheel sharp, that truck flipped over. Man, me and Chris, we flipped over. And you know how it is when things are happening, like accidents and stuff, tragic things happen. Everything is in, like, in slow motion. Slow motion, and even though it's in slow motion, you feel like you can't do anything to stop it or change it. You're just kind of watching. And that's how I was in the truck. I'm watching, and I'm just turning over, and here's Chris 
big old Chris, he's over here. He's stepping all over my face. He got real agile and jumped out of the truck. I ain't never seen Chris move like that. Man, he gets out of the truck. I'm still in, in shock and laying in, uh, over on the truck. Chris, he's, panting, he's pacing around outside. What are we going to do? Man, I don't know what we're going to do. What are we going to do, Stephen? I said, I don't know. We just, we just need to go to a payphone and call Dad and tell him, tell him to come pick us up. He's like, I ain't doing that. I'm not calling Dad. He's like, I know what we can do. We can flip the truck over. I said, what? Come on, Chris. We, there ain't no way in the world we're going to be able to flip this truck over. He's like, no, man, I think we do it. We can do it. So I crawled out the truck, and, man, me and Chris, we got to pulling on that truck and lifting it up, and we flipped that truck back over. I couldn't believe it. I was amazed. And the most amazing part is we got in, we stuck the key, and it started right back up. I was like, oh, man. I don't know if it was the spirit of the Lord that came upon me and Chris that gave us that strength to flip that truck back over or if it was the fear of Donald and Thelma in our lives. But I don't know what happened. We flipped that truck back over and we went on our merry way. Praise God. And, and when you look at Samson, you think about Samson. And I begin to talk to you about his accolades, about his feats taking the city, the gates off, off, off the wall there, grabbing uh, 300 foxes and tying their tails together, killing a 1,000 men with the jawbone of a donkey. You, you, uh, in your mind, you're already processing this big muscle guy, this guy, this, this warrior, this conqueror. But it says in the Bible to the contrary because people wondered, where did his victory come from? Where, where is this guy being able to do all of these things? And we all know, that his victory came when the spirit of the Lord came upon him. Amen. That's where his victory was. When victory did not look imminent, defeat was there. He was surrounded a thousand men. And that's when the Holy Spirit showed up. Amen. I believe that's going to happen to you. God told me to come here and tell you that the Holy Spirit is about to show up in your situation. People are looking at you and saying, well, they look defeated. I don't see victory. Oh, man, she didn't, had been coming to prayer on Saturday, so I don't know. I don't know if they're going to win. Oh, that's the reason why they're going through that. They, they skipped tithing. They hadn't been tithing. But I'm here to tell you, listen, this morning, I believe it. I believe God has called us, a li- called us to a life of victory. He's called us to be more than a conqueror. And no one is going to suspect you. Nobody expects you to win. But God is calling you to a life of victory. Amen. The devil wants you defeated in every area of your life, in your personal relationship with Jesus, in your marriage, in your finances. But just like Paul said, when he's weak, when he's beaten, when he looks weak to the enemy, Jesus is showing up. The Holy Spirit is showing up and victory is here. Amen. Here's the question that I believe that you need to ask yourself. If you haven't asked yourself this question sometime in your life, some point, you're going to have to ask yourself this question. What? does victory look like in my life? What does it mean to be more than a conqueror? See, the the reason why I ask you that question is because I don't believe that we truly know what it means to live a victorious life. I think that our standards for victory are right here. And God's standards is way up here for victory in our lives. We've been living life and we said, oh, we're in victory. Victory in our marriage. Well, we didn't get divorced. You know, we grinded it out. We said till death do us part. But praise God, sometimes I wish death was a little bit closer. You know, is that victory? 
Well, victory in parenting. Well, you know, my kids, they wanted to quit school, and, but I, I forced them. I made them go get an education because it's real important. They are very respectful, you know. They're well-behaved. They say, yes, sir. They say, yes, ma'am. But I got a countdown on my phone. I got the app. As soon as they turn 18, the confetti is coming out, you know. I think I'm going to go out, and I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. I may buy a sports car. Is that victory? That's not victory. God wants us to be victorious in our lives, and our standards are here. But God's standards are so much higher for us. He wants us to rise up to the victory that he's called us to do, to live and live victorious. And victory is here in this moment on earth, not just in heaven, but he wants you to live victorious right here. But you have to define what victory is in your life. You have to define it and say, this is the victory that God has called me. Not this. I'm not settling for this. I'm not settling for just surviving and just living life aimlessly. But I have a victory in store that God has for me. And I will rise. I will rise to the victory that God has called us and I live victorious. Paul says, listen to this, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, starting with verse 24. Here's what he says. He says, do you not know that in a race, all runners run? Everybody's living life. Everybody has some sort of victory that they think that they're living. Everybody's running this race. He says, but only one gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Here's the important part. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I believe a lot of times our victory that we've claimed for our lives is aimless. It's not at all what God has called us to do. And so we're just running. Well, I'm just going to go to church a little bit. I'm going to just do a Wednesday night. I'm going to go to a prayer a couple of times. And our victory standards are right here. And God said, it's aimless. You're running for no reason. That's not who I called you to be. That's not the victory that I've called for your life. He says, I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. He's just fighting. He's just, well, who, what you hitting? I don't know, I'm going to hit something, you know. Define your victory. Don't do it aimlessly. Paul says, no, I, I don't run like Forrest Gump. You guys remember the movie Forrest Gump? Well, Forrest, well, why are you running? I don't know. I'm just running. Well, where are you going? I, I don't know, man. I just decided and felt like running. And God is saying that you, that's the way you're living. He has not called you to just run, to just live in your victory that you think that you have for your life. But God's standards is so much higher. Listen to this. Define what God has called you to be victorious over and then align your life accordingly to his plan. Amen? Define what God has called you. Seek his face. Get on your knees and say, God, what's the victory you have for my life? And then align your life. Align your life and run that race and run as to win. Amen? Listen, if you don't, if you live a defeated life, not only do you lose, but the people closest to you lose. You get cheated out of your victory, and so do the people around you. But when you live a victorious life, the people closest to you win as well because you're living in your fullest potential and you make the people closest to you rise up to the level that God has called them to be. There are people who are hoping and praying that you rise in, into the victory that God has called them. Some people's miracles are dependent on you to step up and live victoriously so they can see the victory in your life. 
You're going through things in your life, and, and, and you don't know why you're going through it. But God is here to say, he says, look, you've got to go through these things. You've got to look defeated. You've got to look like all these troubles and, and hardships are in your life because I can't get the glory if it looks like you're going to win. But I want to get the glory when it looks like you're not going to win because victory is ready to, getting ready to happen in your life and the Holy Spirit is about to show up. Amen? Amen. You say, well, well I'm going through some things, Pastor Steve, you don't even know anything about. You don't live the life I live. You don't know the hardships. I'm telling you, Paul says, hey, Hey, nothing can separate us from God's love. Nothing. No, in all of these things, I'm here to tell you that you are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Listen, the presence of a problem doesn't indicate the absence of God's love. The presence of a problem doesn't indicate the absence of God's love. Victory is on the way. I'm here to tell you that. I'm telling you, you got to hold on. You got to stand steadfast. You've got to be unshakable and immovable, and you've got to rise to the occasion. I'm telling you, I believe that when God said this place would be a place of battle and war, he called out for his generals and his lieutenants and his soldiers to come and be a part of this place and this congregation because he knew what it was going to take. You are here for a specific reason and for a purpose. You didn't just kind of aimlessly wander in here to join a, a community golf club or whatever, but you came here to fight. And this congregation needs you to live a life victoriously. Amen? Amen. If you believe that God has called you to live a victorious life, just stand right now, right where you are, because we're going to claim our victory this morning. Amen? Amen. I really, I really believe it. I really believe that we're going to get to the end of our lives and look back and say, God, what did, what, where did I miss it? God, where have you called me? What have you called me to do? God, did I miss it? And God said, I wanted you here, but you chose to settle here. I've got so much more in store for your life, so much victory, finances and your relationships and all of these things. It's you. You've got to claim it. You've got to find out. You've got to seek my face and find out what is that victory. Amen? Just right now, I, if you're going through something right now, and I believe a lot of, of people right here that the enemy has been standing on that hill and it's been shouting profanities at you. And you've just kind of settled for it. You say, you know what? This is okay. This life is good. It's not bad. You know? But God is saying you got to rise up. you got to live. you got to rise your standards up for victory. If you're going through something, if you want victory right now in your life, and you say, you know what? This is it. I mean, you remember David. He got mad. He got angry. Who is this? That's the victory that God wants to give you. To go in there with confidence, to be more than a conqueror and say, who is this guy that's defying the name of the Lord Jesus? Who is the name of the, that's defying the God? My God. That's the confidence that God wants to give you. To know that in my weakness, it's okay. I look weak to you. That's fine. God inside of me, he makes me strong. He's given me the victory and I am more than a conqueror. Right now. If you want the victory in your life, just begin to lift your hands right now and ask God, God, I want my life to align with the victory that you have for me. I want my life to align with it. Let me tell you something. I believe if you do not define what victory is in your life, the people around you will define it for you. People are going to say, well, that's okay. You know, you're winning. It's okay. If you don't define it, I believe that the world's standards will dictate what victory is in your life. The world will say, hey, this is what victory looks like. 
And I do believe the other thing, if you don't define it, you'll get there at the end of your road and say, you know what, man, God had so much. I missed it. I lost it. I'm lost it. Let's align ourselves to our victory this morning. God, we thank you this morning. Just lift your hands up right now where you are. God, we thank you for the victory. We thank you, Lord, that we are living victorious because that's what you've called us to live. You did not call us to live a defeated life, but you told us that we could submit ourselves to God and resist the devil, and he will flee. God, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And we thank you, Lord. We walk in our victory right now. No longer are we going to settle. We're not going to settle for the victory that we have for our lives. I'm not settling for the victory that maybe my parents or, or my, my people that are around me, the people that I work with are saying, you know, you need to stay in this, this, this department right here. You're not made for that. You don't have the accolades. You don't have what it takes. You don't have the schooling to step up into that. But I'm here to tell you, victory is here. Victory is here in your finances. Well, I can't afford that. I'm just barely staying afloat. The devil wants you with your finances in shambles. He wants you treading water all the time. But I'm here to tell you, hey, your finances, if you claim victory in it, God will give it to you. If you claim it, align your life up. Seek his face. God, what is your victory for my life right now, God, as we surrender to you? In the name of Jesus, God, I just pray. Thank you for the victory right here in this church, in this congregation, God. I thank you, Lord, that you are sending people from the north, the south, soldiers ready to take up arms, ready to fight, ready to win, ready to win at this battleground. Satan, you may have won a couple of little battles, but I'm here to tell you the war is not over. We will not give in. We're not going to give in to, your, to the enemy. We'll not give in to defeat because we know that we have already won that Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood. And when the enemy thought that victory for him was imminent, on the third day, Jesus came out of the grave and he showed the devil what victory was. He said, death and hell, you cannot defeat me. You can't hold me down, but victory is here. God, we claim that victory because the same power, the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead, it lives inside of our hearts. It lives inside of our bodies. And we say to the enemy, you will not have our finances. You will not have my children. You will not have my body because my body is living proof that victory is inside of me. Amen. Holy Spirit, come in our situation. Reveal yourself, Lord. Begin to show us your purpose and your plan. God, bring people in our lives that are walking in victory. God, so that we can walk together. God, we want to win in victory. We want to win and walk in victory. We thank you, Lord, that we are more than a conqueror. We are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus, and there is nothing that can tell us any different. Hardships, trials, tribulations, you have no way in place in our lives. We say no in the name of Jesus, and we claim our victory. God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. I just believe right now if there's some specific people here, people that have some specific things that they want victory over, we'll ask the prayer team just to come on down. If you want to join us here down in front, if there's a prayer team that we have here. And I'm here to tell you, listen, if you want prayer, I believe, I do believe that victory is here. Victory is here for this, for the taking. You see in those movies and those battles and they're saying, it's here, it's ours for the taking. And I believe it. I believe it. If you take a step of faith and say, you know what? I have been living in guilt. I have been living in shame. 
and not rising up to what God has called me to rise up to. The first part of it is admitting it, saying, hey, you know, my level has been here, but now I want to rise up. If that's you and you want victory in your life, come down front. We're going to pray with you. We're going to link arms because that's what the body of Christ is here to do. We're here to walk in victory. We're here to shout out the battle cry together because victory is here this morning. Amen. Amen. Just don't be afraid. Don't let this victory pass you by. Don't let this opportunity pass me by. Well, I'm going to get a crown in heaven. You know, God wants victory right here. He wants victory right here in the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. Just begin to pray. Just begin to pray for these people. God, we pray. We pray for victory. We thank you, Lord, for strength, that the joy of the Lord is our strength. As God, as we begin to just laugh at these problems, we begin to laugh at these situations and say, you have no authority here in this place. We laugh at it, God, as we begin to strengthen ourselves. We thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. God, how you will get the glory and the honor from this situation. God, people right here will give out testimonies and say, hey, join the battle with me. I'm going to tell you the victory that I had over this situation. Let me tell you about what God has done in my life. Let me tell you when it looked like I, I was lost. I was hurt. I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. They came with all kinds of bills and creditors. They told me about my kids. They told me that there was no hope. The doctors have given up hope on me. But let me tell you about the victory that was on the way. God, we pray over these people, God. God, let your spirit arise in their situation. God, we thank you and we glorify you for the victory that is already won. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. God, that we stand before you. God, as a victorious people because of our Father. Our Father, God, that we call out Abba to you. God, we know that you have won the victory. We claim it as heirs of the kingdom. We claim it. We claim our victory. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord. If you believe that victory is happening right now in your life and in this congregation, just begin to pray. Just begin to pray. Thank the Lord for victory. Thank Him for victory. It's happening. God, we believe it. Let every man be a lie, God, and, and the words that we stand up on, your words be true. We know it's true. We don't care what everybody is saying about us, but we will live a victorious life. We thank you, Lord. Some of us haven't had the strength to do things. We haven't had strength to break things in our lives. We haven't had the strength or the courage to face the, the hard things that we've not wanted to face. We've turned our back from it. We've ignored it. But God is saying is here. It's calling you out. And you need to take up arms right now. We do. We take up arms right now. We take our sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. God, we put on our helmet of salvation, the truth, the belt of truth, the shoes of the gospel of peace. As we, we put on our armor to fight, to win, we thank you, Lord. We are fully equipped to wage war and to win. Don't count us out. Don't count me out. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for victory. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord Jesus. God, we thank you for your presence and your anointing, God. We thank you, Lord.
deliverance, healing. It's going forth in the name of Jesus. Victory, Lord. Victory, Lord. Victory. God, they will remember. Remember this battle. The devil did not win. He will not win because they claimed victory, God, and they raised their banner. They signal off everybody else and say, hey, victory is over here. They wave the banner of victory. God, we wave your banners in the sky for all to see of who we are. We are not a defeated people, but we are people that have joined forces to attack the enemy. We will no longer be on the defense, but we're going after what the devil has stolen from us. For too long, we have lived in defeat. For too long, now we go, we're on the offense, we go after the enemy. We go and we attack. We attack in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We worship you. Hallelujah. Hey, if you claim the victory, if you feel, if you know in your heart without a shadow of a doubt, that victory is happening right now here in this place and in your life, just give God a great big hand clap. Give him a shout of praise for what he's done. That's our battle cry right there. That is confusing the enemy. He don't know what's going on because he thought he was winning. He thought he was whipped. He thought he had you whipped down and out and defeated. But that's our battle cry right now. A shout of victory. Amen. Hallelujah. Man, I'm so excited. I believe that tonight... I, I'm going to share part two of this message of, of what it looks like. What does victory look like in our lives? What does it look like? Where does victory start? And I believe that God has given me a word. I'm excited about it. I want to I beseech you to come tonight. Man, I believe the Holy Spirit will be here. He'll be waiting for you to give you your victory. In the name of Jesus, amen. <laughs>